0: Hey, everyone, you know what we love? We love podcasting, Soul Jim Sisters. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other places people like to listen? How do I make money from my podcast? Well, the answer to every one of these questions is really
1: simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you
0: with great sponsors too, so you can get paid to podcast. We love Anchor. It's as easy as one, two, three click, record, and post. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, making money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. welcome to the soul gym we are your soul gym sisters i'm jody van kempen and i'm crystal van kempen mcclanahan and thank you for tuning in for this week's boot camp for your soul hey it's our mission to help you go from fizzling to sizzling by toning up flabby thinking and what developing mental mental muscle. muscle hey it's time to feel strong live healthy and fulfill god's audacious plan for your incredible life hey thanks so much for joining us at the soul gym this week you know what what's going on in the world today jody oh, too much to talk about <laughs> the world what's is this? losing its mind good time to be a christian yeah, though you know we, what we bring the
1: sanity that's right god is kicking the devil's butt oh, man you know i just heard someone say you can look around and get discouraged and go, oh, it's getting so bad. You know what? God's winning. I'm seeing so many churches. It rising up I'm seeing Man. churches that are thousands 50,000 100,000 there's a church of a million people over in China people are getting saved left and right and another awesome thing last Sunday at our church service 125 people became born again amen amen mm-hmm.
0: That is awesome stuff. And Sin City. Sin City. (laughs) Jesus City. (laughs) Right on. Okay, so where are we going? We sidetracked a little bit. Okay, we are
1: talking about one of my most favorite topics in the whole world is self-pity and staying out of self-pity. We we love
0: (laughs) self-pity.
1: We love it. We love to grovel. (laughs) No, I just was uh, telling Crystal that... When I went through a divorce, um, knowing some of this information literally saved my life. I said, had I not been uh, studying this topic... um, Grounded in the word. Grounded in the word. um, In fact, I just preached this in my church a few months before all hell broke loose in my marriage. Right. So I just spent almost months studying this topic of staying out of self-pity. And I said, most people I know, you know, I know a lot of divorced people, everyone, I I would have to say 100% of the divorced people I know have shared with me how at some point they lost their minds. They went crazy. They became drunkards. They took drugs. They went out partying. These are adult people, um, kind of just left their kids, you know, off to themselves, just literally lost it. And I, I mean, I had my moments. That right. is for sure. She sure did. <laughs> Crystal can attest. I had my moments of, of crying and right. all that stuff. But I, I can honestly say I never went crazy. I never went and did something like, holy cow, what nah. have I done? I, I mean, I did some, you know, whatever. But looking back going, I've literally destroyed my life. And so I attest this, what we're going to talk about to saving my life and And it's self-pity. Now, uh, starting off in Matthew 16, just to set up the chapter a little bit, Jesus comes to his disciples and he says, who do people say that I am? And his disciples said, well, some say you're this, some say you're that, some say you're Elijah, some say you're John the Baptist. And he says, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter speaks up like Peter's known to do and says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says to him, good, you've heard from the father and a upon this rock, the church will be built. Now, a few scriptures later, he, Jesus is telling his disciples what he is about to endure, the scourging, the mocking, the beating, and the cross. And Peter, (laughs) uh, it, the Bible says takes Jesus aside and begins <laughs> to rebuke him. Ooh, you know, not ooh. a good idea. Yeah. He's rebuking Jesus Christ. And what he's saying to him is, This should not be. Do not allow this to happen, Jesus. And in the Greek, and if you have a King James Version in the pair or in the middle there, it says in the Greek, it literally means to Pity thyself. Take pity on yourself. Don't let this happen to you. You don't deserve it. These bad things shouldn't happen to you. Take care of yourself. And the Bible says that Jesus turned to him, and there's many translations. It says, get thee behind me, Satan. Uh-huh. Some say you're an offense to me. Some say you're you're a stumbling block to me. Some say you are tempting me to sin. Oh, wh- what? People go, how is Jesus tempted to sin? We got to remember, Jesus was a man just like you and me. He felt things he endured things that we go through and feel and what was happening was he was beginning to see and understand what the father was asking him to do the scourging the beating and you know what shocker he didn't want to do it (laughs) he was fighting the temptation and probably as a as a man going how can I get out of this and sure enough Peter comes along and stokes that temptation goes feel sorry for yourself pity yourself and one of the strongest rebukes you will ever hear from Jesus was right here now why because if he went down that road of like we do yeah i don't deserve it yeah what did i ever do i'm the son of god i came to this earth to save people to heal people to this help isn't people fair. this is not fair and one of the strongest rebukes and he said get behind me so crystal and i are going to talk a little bit about the
0: danger of self-pity right I mean, what a great opening if Jesus and everything he was about to go through would not go down that road, would not allow himself into self-pity. I mean, is there any greater uh, role model or example for us to not go down the road, that woe is me Mm -hmm. road? And so what is self-pity? I mean, you can see it, you see it all around, but it's really an excessive self- absorbed unhappiness over your troubles, your problems, whatever it is that that you're going through. But here's the thing, self-pity, just like anything else, it's a mindset, it's faulty thinking, it's comparison. And guess what? Like anything else, we have a choice. We are here to say that pain is inevitable. In fact, pain is common. When you start to look in First Corinthians 10, 13, that's what it says. It says there's no temptation that is not common to man. I mean, we think our pain or the things that we're going through is just, you know, no one else in the whole world <laughs> yeah. has gone through it. And guess what? They have. And so self-pity, I mean, we we get a choice every single day. You guys, things, life is kind of crappy at times, but there's a choice, but self-pity is so self-vindicating. We feel entitled to our commiseration. And when we, I mean, we are always left with that fork in the road on if we're going to go down that woe is me road or or not. Um, but it always comes down, Jody. you and I always talk about this. When things have happened, it seems to always come down to what people have done to us mm-hmm. or what people haven't done for us. And you were talking when we, earlier this week, I think it, Pastor Keith who yes. talks about curling up in the, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. tell, tell uh-huh. that that's so good. Well, I mean,
1: when you think about the road of self-pity, think about the voices you began to hear. Yes. Uh, think about, okay, like Crystal just said, life can suck at times and things happen and we're not saying it doesn't. Right. These things are real, they hurt, They, they inflict pain, they can just be crippling at times, but the choice is how long you get to dance with it, how long you get to ruminate over it. Um, a a minister, Keith Moore said, if, if we realized when bad things happen and a lot of the times our natural tendency is to go to our room, uh, shut the blinds, close the door, curl up in bed and put put a wet washcloth over our head and just sit and dwell on what just happened to us. And cry ugly cries. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Oh, and just think of that person's demise. And so... Now think about all the thoughts, all the feelings, all the darkness that has entered your heart and mind right now, and you want to seclude yourself with that stuff. If you, he said, if you only knew the devils that you're curling up with, and and talking to, and, and agreeing with, he said, if you saw them spiritually, you, you would shower. About 10 <laughs> times because self pity is just so gross.
0: That ugly, exactly. So, what are some signs of self pity? If you're going to gauge yourself and how you're doing, uh, one thing is obvious self, you have to be pretty self absorbed yeah. to be in self pity. You have to be consumed with thoughts of you. And just like last week when we were talking, comparison really enters into this is you're looking around at what hasn't happened for you, what other people are getting to do, how you've been uh, miffed or offended or overlooked. And so self-pity is just very self-absorbed. Take a check at what you're thinking about and, and gauge your own body language. Thinking, I mean, you can gauge really how deeply into self-pity you are when you just start thinking feeling how how your body's feeling. I mean, if your stomach is just clenched, if you're hunched over it, like you said, if you're laying in bed, you know, for hours in the dark, but it becomes just totally self-absorbed thinking. Also, lots of drama, you know, I mean, self-pity really creates a lot of drama because they oftentimes are seeking people to sympathize with them. And you, you, need, you need people on your side and so you can you can talk loud you can create a lot of drama so don't be a drama king or queen that could be an indicator that you're in self-pity um we talk about out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks so listen to yourself you're doing a lot of whining complaining blaming excuse making uh gossiping those are really signs that something's not going right in your life uh you cannot help as a person walking down that road to self-pity you can't help but become you're just a victim i mean it's a victim mentality and victims are all about excuse making victims believe that life is out of their control and so somebody needs to come and rescue them guess what Uh uh-uh you got the goods it's God has placed everything that you need inside of you and so stop blaming uh the world is really I mean yeah we have an enemy we we get it but that that enemy only has power that of which we give him that's it when we turn over our thoughts you know to the, his kind of thinking we're not the victim here god says we are more than conquerors and victims just continue to be victimized yeah. And so you guys we're not victims. We always say we are not trapped in our circumstances. We are trapped in our head. This is a matter of mentality. This is a matter of thinking. And when when we really get into self-pity, we just become martyrs of our own Pain. We just prop up our problems, you know, sometimes even superior, but you don't know what I've been through. You know, we become martyrs of what's happened to us as opposed to, you know, propping up the promises of God. I mean, self pity is all about the negative. You, we cannot be negative and positive at the same time. There's a million indicators of self pity, but just start to look at any of those and degrees. I mean, they definitely uh, can start out small, but just like anything else, it's going to grow as long as we continue to focus on the negative. And so, why is self pity? Uh, so important to get out of
1: well there's a story in first kings about yeah i'm sure you've heard the story king ahab and his wife jezebel now remember he is the king so when you're king you you own a lot of land yeah. you own a lot of clothes you own a lot of you own Anything and everything. Um, you have concubines. You have wives. You have you have cattle. You you have everything. You, you, you can eat and yeah. drink the best of the best. <laughs> <laughs> and but he, King Ahab, wanted Naboth's vineyard, and he called Naboth and said, "Can I have your vineyard?" And Naboth said. I, he didn't say no. He said, I cannot give you my vineyard because it is in our family heritage. It's, it's passed down from generation to generation. So I can't, I can't give it to you. And so, uh, King Ahab goes home and what does he do now? Again, here we go. Even a king can feel sorry for himself. The Bible says he goes home and he curls up in bed. There, and one, there it is. <laughs> the
0: curling up in bed.
1: The curling up in bed. And it says he was staring at the wall, feeling sorry for himself when Jezebel walks in and goes, I can just picture it. It's just nauseating. She comes over. See, don't be a Jezebel. Don't be a parent. Don't be a spouse. Don't be a friend a powder. Yeah. Okay, so she's one of those who walks in and goes, oh, baby, what's going on? <laughs> and Ahab goes, Naboth won't sell me his vineyard. <laughs> <laughs> and Jaboth says, or Jezebel says, no. And Ahab says, yes, he won't give me his vineyard. Well, aren't you the king? She says, mm-hmm. <laughs> she goes well you just get out of bed we'll take care of this and we know the rest of the story she declared uh that they were going to celebrate Naboth and I mean just drama corruption going on and in the end she has him killed to get his vineyard so I mean look at a progression yeah yeah. thought of self-pity he is the king for heaven's sake. He doesn't even have to tie his own shoes. He has servants. He has probably a million vineyards and he wants, look at how insidious this is, but he wants that one vineyard that he can have. Now, how many times do we go down that road? We, have we a, don't appreciate we what we We don't got. appreciate what we have. We have a home. We have a family. We have clothes. We have a decent job. And yet, but, <laughs> It's not that house. I want that that 7,000 square foot home that has the jacuzzi. I mean, it started so with true. a thought. Yep. Self-pity starts with a thought. Now, this is an extreme case, but where else is self-pity going to lead you but down a long, dark road? It started with, he won't give me his vineyard, mm-hmm. to a man is murdered because of it. So anywhere in between that road is bad. Right. So this is what we're saying the danger 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 of
0: self-pity is you don't want to go down that road. Right. I mean it affects everything. every everything. It affects every relationship. Yep. I mean who wants to be around somebody who is just yeah. sucking the life out of the room because of self-pity. I mean very very difficult these people and again i've been yes, there we've all been there we have all been there and but the moodiness of self-pity and the yuck of self-pity it affects relationships it it will affect your employment it will affect your your future success i mean as a as a business owner as leaders in business i mean having employees I, I mean, I will take the green, you know, person with a great attitude as opposed to that, you know, know-it-all, know talented. it all, yeah, talented know it all who, you know, is unappreciative yeah any day of the week. And so nothing good happens with self-pity. In fact, it really can progress, like you were saying, Jody, also into some very negative habits. I mean, negative thinking just perpetuates negative thinking. It's like being stuck in mental quicksand, you know, and you get stuck. And the further you go down that road, the harder it is to come back. And it can also lead to, I mean, physical problems. It can take you to the place of depression. It can lead to overeating, to binging, to, you know, drinking, to drugs. I mean, it's just going nowhere good. So how do we get out of this? There's hope. There is always hope. And it is exactly what we teach every week. And that is to develop mental muscle, to develop that strong thinking. People that refuse to go down this road, um, they refuse to let disappointment, rejection, failure, any of those things to derail them, to derail their goals. If that's you, You have developed some mental muscle. How do we do that? Well, we don't deny that things happen. Mm -hmm. We don't deny this is painful. When people reject us, it's painful. When you lose your job, it's painful. When unfair things happen, it's painful. We don't deny that these things have happened. But Jody, we were just talking about this. Something negative had happened to one of her kids. And so what's the process? You you, you work them through it. Mm-hmm. You talk them through it. When we don't deal with pain properly mm-hmm. is when it ends up, you know, rearing its ugly head mm-hmm. somewhere.
1: Yeah. Now... Again, pain can be just major rejection to someone gave me a dirty look right. or or mistreated me that day. But whatever, you know, happens to my kids, we do, we talk it through. Um, I let them cry if they need to cry. I let them vent that day if they need to vent. And then I I take them biblically, you know, through what's the right thing to do. Again, a lot of people have their theories how long you let someone hurt and feel bad, whatever. But I tell my kids, as soon as you can get out of this, the better, as soon as you can forgive the better, as soon as you can let this go, give it to God, the better. We have a no pouting policy in my house. You know, kids, they, they're very emotionally immature, you know, when they're younger, but I, I'm, taught my kids real young not to feel sorry for themselves, you know, over silly little stuff. Um, Someone, you know, Caden took my toy or whatever, and they sit in a corner and pout. See, right away, if I go over and start petting them and condoning that kind of attitude and behavior, then when they're 12 and then they're 18 and they're still pouting because They didn't get the job they wanted or I got fired or or whatever happens in life. So I noticed teaching my kids, there's no pouting allowed in my home because you know why? We have too much to be grateful for. Again, this is a learned habit. You know, if you're used to pouting and feeling sorry for yourself... It's the alternative is gratitude, and I always tell them you just have too much to be grateful for. The Bible says the way to combat this is through thanksgiving. There's always you—you can't be both. You can't be feeling sorry for yourself and you can't be grateful at the same time. And the Bible is full of be grateful. Be thankful. What about Paul in, Yeah, pr- in Paul. Prison. Holy cow. Paul was in prison, and, you know, I was listening to someone the other day explaining what prison was like for him. I mean, it's like a hole in the ground. You go down these steps, and it's like this hole in the ground, oh. and it was very small and enclosed, and it's just cement. And then they would lower his food and drink, you know, through a rope, you know, because it was pretty far down there. Again, I I heard this through somebody, but I'm sure it was bad. It's worse than our prisons now. And he wrote in the scripture, I believe it's in Timothy, rejoice evermore, rejoice. I mean, Paul was the king at be grateful, rejoice, give thanks. And as he wrote this, he was in prison. And you know, I was listening to that. I'm not in prison. I'm not
0: in prison.
1: He's saying, rejoice always, rejoice always, rejoice always. And why? Because that is the weapon against this insidious feeling sorry for yourself. Because when you feel sorry for yourself, it's going to stop you. It's going to incapacitate you. Because when you think about it, when you're feel- if Paul sat and felt sorry for himself, he wouldn't have been able to do what he did he wouldn't have been able to get out of that prison he wouldn't have been able to go and preach the gospel he just would he would have curled up in a ball like most people and just sat and cried and go it's done it's over I'm, yeah. i can't finish this but self pity is it's full of pride it's full of unbelief it's full of selfishness and it's full of being offended and all of those things are going to disconnect you from the grace of God. So anything we ever need to achieve in life is through the grace of God by faith. By grace are you saved through faith. And who gets grace? Who gets God's ability on them? The humble. The humble get the grace. But if you're full of pride going, I don't deserve this. How dare they do this to me? I can't believe this. And you're stewing. In the negativity, the bad things, the offense, you are literally cut off from the grace of God. Ask yourself, is life just always challenging? You know, I can't seem to get anything done. You know, I tried to do this and I just feel stuck or stopped. Okay, get over any offense, get over any hurt or pain. Let it go because yep. you holding on ain't going to do any good anymore. Get rid of it don't think about it, let it go, humble yourself and start rejoicing and being grateful for the life you have.
0: And it takes practice. I mean, it takes practice. You, you don't just change and go from self pity to woohoo, you know, overnight, but one step at a time. I mean, we, I make a practice every single morning. First thing that I open my eyes and it's, find something to be grateful for. God, thank you for my bed. Thank you for my covers. We think that sounds so you know, cliche or so, I mean, that's where it begins. Yep. It takes practice to break those negative thinking habits. And because self-pity is so self-absorbed, uh, try doing something for someone else think about someone else. Think about your kids. Think about, you know, opening the door for someone to think about, just begin to focus on something you can do for someone else. And that is another step in breaking that pattern of self pity. So you guys, it is a slippery slope Uh, Self-pity is extremely dangerous. Don't even allow yourself to go there. Uh, start to get in the habit of just saying no and shifting immediately to what you're grateful for. It will only lead to negativity. Mm -hmm. It will only lead to sabotage in your life. And guess what? We open up the program every week saying God has an audacious plan for your life. Well, you and I are gonna fall very short if self-pity sits at the heart of our lives. And so let's get rid of it, get our eyes off of ourselves. Be grateful, appreciate every single thing we have and remember all the things that God has done for us. So your mental muscle practice this week is to begin to regulate those thoughts. Guess what? The offense is going to come. It's going to be there and it could be there as soon as you click off this program, but refuse to feel sorry for yourself. Practice this week start to practice become aware of that offense and that self-pity thinking hey we love you guys we thank you so much for listening we're thankful for you yep we definitely are please uh, check out our website soul gym sisters uh, and subscribe we would love to start sending you some cool fun freebies follow soul gym sisters on social media you know what subscribe share Just keep on sharing and clicking and sharing the podcast. Uh, We just believe that God's word and his message is life altering. We would appreciate it would tickle us to the very core of who we are. (laughs) If you'd give us a five-star review, we would appreciate it. That tickles. Yes. (laughs) Be on the lookout for our online course, The Soul Gym. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we will catch you next week at The Soul Gym, where we whip flabby thinking into shape and And develop develop mental mental muscle. muscle. Bye. Bye.